our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing in personal finance. Sonia, this episode has a big, fat spotlight on your head right now. I am so excited to get into today. I just realized that sounded a little bit threatening. Yeah, it really did, as if like... I've got a gun to my head or something, and you're interrogating me. Anytime I think of the low by year, I think about the time that someone was like, why are you choosing to suffer? Oh, and guess what? We turned our episode title the first time we spoke about this to, hmm, are we suffering? So we'll definitely be finding out today what the conclusion of that was now that you've actually done it, because I think... At the start, we were very like fresh faced, like, yeah, we're going to embark on this journey. <laughs> Sonia, before I start with this interrogation, do you mind just explain to anyone that's new and hasn't actually had a chance to listen to the Low By Year introductionary um, podcast a little bit about what a Low By Year was or is and what your sort of rules were for yourself? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, a Low By Year is kind of like a no-buy year, if you've heard of that term. Essentially, you keep the reoccurring expenses that you need for living. So like food, shelter, utility bills, those things are allowed. But those impulse buys and those like unnecessary items that are wants, not needs, you cut them out. We say low-buy because it's a little less restrictive, then a no by year. Essentially, you create specific rules for yourself and that is personalized to you and that you have to follow for a certain amount of time. So yeah, at the start of the year, we did an intro episode and my intention is to do it for the whole year. So I'm about nine months in now. And Sim, you're kind of doing one as well. I mean, you kind of did one last year as well, eh? Yeah. So with my experience in 2020, that was the year I was saving up for a house and so I was very very strict like nitty-gritty and then I wanted to jump on to the slow by year with you and I'll be honest like we can get into mine in a little bit too but it has not 
gone down so well now that I have a house <laughs> and I've been renovating and apparently you need to buy things like power tools, you have to buy paint, you have to buy like furniture like it's it has not been a low buy year if anything this has probably been the most expensive year of my life thus far so for those listening at home we forgive you if you don't remember Sonia's low buy year rules they were in a couple of categories including food slash takeout gift giving hair skincare makeup etc books had their own category because Sonia will explain in a moment why and clothes. So first things first, the category of takeouts. How did that go? How did not buying takeouts just for yourself work? Okay, yes. So around takeout, my specific rules were I wouldn't order Uber Eats for myself. I couldn't eat out just by myself. It had to be with friends or family. And that's the same with getting coffee. So I could only get coffee with friends or family and it's like a catch up. And I even specified in my rule that it can't just be before work. Now, let me tell you, party people, the reason I rated myself 6.5 and it was lower than some expected is specifically from this category because <laughs> it was so hard to not buy coffee. I just enjoy a good coffee. How often would you say you broke that rule? I think almost every day that I've been into the office at work, so I'm not working from home, I've had a coffee like with a friend and if I wasn't with a friend, I'd be like, I'd message a friend and be like, hey, do you want coffee this morning? So I was kind of <laughs> kind of following my rules, but also in my head I was like, oh, you're trying to, what's that word? Like a loophole? Yeah, like I was trying to find all these loopholes so I could get a coffee maybe once or twice in a day. So didn't really work out. Even with just the food aspect, I told myself that I wasn't going to go like down to the convenience store and get food because we have a convenience store next to my office. And laziness, lack of meal prepping, lack of grocery planning throughout the year or throughout the week meant that I just succumbed to, oh yeah, I'll just get sushi from downstairs. Definitely broke that rule. But I stuck to like the no Uber Eats and like I wouldn't go out to dinner or lunch or anything by myself. It would always be with people. But this category alone brought me down to 6.5. I will say though, it's made me realize that I genuinely do enjoy a coffee and I'm not just buying a coffee for the sake of it. If that makes sense. That's the thing, right? Like when it comes to what we speak about, which is the idea of value-based spending. And if you haven't heard that term before, it's the idea that you you do spend money as opposed to just like nothing at all, but you just spend it on the things that are important to you. And for some people, like Sonia, that is her morning coffee. And yes, it is five bucks every morning. But what is that? Three thousand dollars a year. It's not the difference between building wealth and not. It brings you enough joy in your life to keep doing it. And I'll be honest, I'm usually the first one to give you flack for things, but not sticking to the takeout or the no takeout category, that's hard. I don't think a lot of us have the discipline to do that consistently for nine months. Would you say that you reduced it more than usual though? Yes, definitely. 
Like last year, I would Uber Eats a tank to my house, even though I have a car. Sonia, and I could just go grab it on lunch. I know, please don't. Should I include this? (laughs) I did not know this about you. Yeah, I really was that bitch. I don't know why I did it. I really couldn't tell you the thought process in me ordering it on Uber Eats and then hitting buy now or whatever the thing Uber Eats says for you to order. I just want to say, again, this category didn't surprise me because when Sonia comes down, she'll be like, hey, let's like go and like grab food. And I'm like, that sounds great. And we get to the drive through and she'll be like, can I get this and this? And you know what? We might get a little bit hungry. So let's also like, it would be for two people, we would get enough food for four. And if I interject and say, you know, I think we've got enough, then she says I'm fat shaming her for for suggesting that we have less food. So I can kind of see how this is all happening. I just feel very, like I'm just getting real hater vibes from you tonight. Did I feed you? (laughs) Did I feed you properly? Did you still eat everything that I had bought? Did you have leftovers for the next day? I kept feeding you for a week, so you're welcome. (laughs) You're right. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Okay, moving on to the next category. So gifts was the second category of things that you were trying to have a low buy year on, which is quite an important category for Sonia because in the same way that she over- purchases when it comes to takeouts she's also very sweet and like gives a lot of gifts like your birthday will come around and you just want a card and you know maybe like a nice perfume no this girl will send you a whole like a 300 box set of gifts and blows me away every year obviously I'm not one to complain but how did that go this year for you yeah, I was just going to say, if I did just send you a card this year, what what would you do? What would you I would cry. Would you feel? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I did set myself the specific rules around gifts for this reason because I wanted to kind of practice showing love and appreciation with different love languages, like spending time with someone or doing something for someone rather than heading straight to gifts and blowing like hundreds of dollars on like a hamper because I like collecting throughout the year before their birthday like I'll see something and I'll be like oh that reminds me of that person and I'll get it because I know they'll appreciate it and it's nice getting you know a box of things that are personalized to you and what you like I've been sticking to this rule quite quite well I've just been putting into a pot so multiple people are putting into a hamper or like this one gift that that person would appreciate, or I've been buying gifts like on sale or end of season, or I've prioritized the acts of service and quality time. And it's done well for me. I've had no complaints. And I think that's just made me realize that people value time and acts of service more than they do gifts. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. 
Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible, with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So, how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. So, it's been an interesting one. What's an example of an act of service, like gift that you've given just for like us listening to get some ideas? So for example, at work, me taking projects away from someone or doing tasks for someone that was stressing them out. It could be cleaning the house for mum. Generally acts of services around like taking away tasks from people that were filling their plate and you doing that task just helps alleviate stress. I like that. So gifts went well for you. You can definitely give yourself like a a higher score than 6.5 for that category? Yes, I would say I would give that 9 out of 10. So the next category was things like hair, skincare, makeup. And from my memory, your rule for that was you wouldn't buy some new products unless what you had used, so just say like your deodorant or something, had completely finished and then you would replace it. How did that go for you? Absolutely. Yeah, so my rule was that I could only purchase products once the products that I already have have run out and I couldn't buy new products to just try out or that I liked the look of and the exception was skincare like if my skin just changed drastically then I would need to pivot my strategy right this category is going well I would rate it nine out of ten yeah, it's gone super well. I haven't really felt a need to try new makeup or new skincare because it's working for me. Hair care is pretty standard. And it's just made me realize that I'm not experimental with my makeup. Like I find something that works and that's it. Like I've never really been drawn to a new eyeshadow palette or a new like concealer that's just launched. It sounds like the hair care, care skincare, like makeup category was quite a breeze. Did you expect it to be easier? Were you kind of surprised that you could actually go without more than you thought you could? I was actually a little bit surprised because one of my, I guess, whys for starting this whole year was I wanted to figure out what I actually value because I didn't think that with everything that I spent my money on the past two or three years that I could pinpoint, oh yeah, I actually value this item. And I thought makeup or skincare, one of those categories would have been something that I would struggle with, but it hasn't. So good learn, good learn. So the next category for your low buy year was books and stationery. Like, I just want to preface this with, you had told me that you had spent $2,000 in 2020 on books. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then I was like, How many books did you buy in 2020? I'm not too sure, but when I was reviewing like my bank statements and my spending in January 2021, it was a little over two grand that I spent on books and 
notebooks and stationery and stuff. So I would rate myself a 10 out of 10 for this purely because I haven't bought any books or any stationery. I've just been reading my library at home, which has been really fun and fresh, and I've enjoyed it. And I have a lot of notebooks, but it's been super, super hard. Like it's the one category that I'm like, oh shit, like I really wish that I could go into a bookshop and just like buy a book, you know? Because I did a little bit of maths, not in my head anymore. I can't do that. And if you had spent $30 on average, $2,000 worth, you bought 66 books in a year. I'm not judging you. I think that's quite impressive. But does it feel like you bought that many? Just, yeah, because I'm going through them one by one now <laughs> that I'm reading them all. Yeah, like I thought I was being quite good with my book spending because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just get the paperback. Oh, yeah, I'll just buy from Book Depository. But then I'll get like 10 books from Book Depository. <laughs> so it all it all adds up. But I will say it's like, it, hands down, it's like the hardest category too. So the last one, clothes. What was your rules for clothes again, just to refresh our memories? Yeah. So my rules around clothes was that I couldn't buy new clothes unless a staple needed to be replaced. So for example, jeans or my good jacket and... I gave myself $100 every quarter for kind of like a treat yourself item. I would give this an 8 out of 10 because I blew like two quarters worth in like one go when I decided to buy two birthday dresses. Joke's on me. We were in lockdown on my birthday, so it's what I get. And I actually thought I would do way worse in this category because I was the type of person to like buy a new outfit for like a new event because I'm like I can't possibly wear something that someone's already seen me in or like new clothes for work and again it comes back to what do I really value and turns out I don't really value clothes too much I've got like 10 outfits in my wardrobe that I love and that I cherish and then I take care of <laughs> but everything else is just kind of like a nice bonus so Clothes are that one category where it's so easy to be spontaneous with. A hundred percent. You don't like plan picking up an outfit when you're at the mall or if you're like looking online, but you suddenly see something cute on Instagram and like you just will buy it. Well, old you would buy it or old me would buy it. It's the ads. They, they do them well. They do them very well. Would you say that you struggled at all with the temptation of this? Like, was it quite easy to just switch off not buying clothes? Or did you, like, have any tips for us listening as to, like, what we can do to curb those impulses? It wasn't easy at all, especially, like, throughout the lockdowns that we've been in. I feel like there's been so many jokes and memes going around about waiting for packages and online shopping and that retail therapy. And it's the temptation is there. Like, I want to wait for a package, you know? I want to try on new clothes and, like, be excited about something. But I think one of the things that I'm so grateful for the past nine months is I've kind of recognized that consumer culture is a massive thing and marketing plays, like, a big part in why I impulse buy. 
but I've turned their mindset of blaming those things into, hey, it's actually my responsibility, it's my money, and I have a choice in what I'm spending my money on. And by setting the rules, and because my why for this year has been so strong, it's I've kind of gotten out of that FOMO mindset when it comes to retail therapy, if you will. And I just live vicariously through my friends now. Like my friend the other day did a massive cotton on haul and we were FaceTiming and I was like, this is fun. Like I'm getting what I need from you being so happy with your package, you know? If someone's listening and they want to know if you'd recommend doing a low by year or if you truly just suffered and it wasn't worth it, what what are your thoughts? To echo the point that I made in the introductory podcast, I'm not suffering. It's a conscious decision that I've made and I've made very specific personal rules for myself and these categories. So definitely not suffering. But in terms of if you should do one, I think yes, even if you are really good with your money and you have a sound budget and you're investing in XYZ, because I think I think it still helps with figuring out what you do value and what is important to you. But yeah, thanks for listening. So before we go, a few reminders. If you are looking for a safe space to learn about investing and ask questions, check out our Facebook group. We're also on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, of course, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with your friends on your Instagram story. It means a lot to us. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.